You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there wherever you might be. A lot to get to ahead on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. We're going to talk about Zach Wilson, our final player profile ahead of the NFL draft as the NFL draft kicks off tomorrow. What do we expect from Zach as he goes allegedly number two overall to the New York Jets? We'll examine him and what he offers at the NFL level. We'll also continue with our 100 seasons of BYU football count down talking about 1929 and a very notable achievement for the BYU Cougars in this season that we'll get to a little later on and of course we will catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports BYU baseball getting a big win over a nationally ranked opponent at home we'll talk about all of it ahead on today's show we are brought to you today by the locked on today podcast it gets you more of the sports news you need in less time Peter Bukowski uses a lot of resources to get you up to speed on all the major sports news you need to know every single day in under 20 minutes check it out wherever you get your podcast or in the all-new odyssey app all right without further ado let's dive in and talk some byu sports this is the locked on cougars podcast for april 28th 2021 What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to download and listen to your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. A reminder for you, if you haven't done so already or if you're new to the show, hit that follow button wherever you might be listening in from, whether it's the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or a myriad of other podcast providers. Hit that follow button. That way you never miss an episode and we will guys have you guys up to speed on everything you need to know as a BYU fan every single day. Getting going here on a Wednesday edition of the show and our scouting reports we've done for the last week and a half have been a ton of fun to do. It's kind of my personal opinion, what I've heard about guys going into the NFL draft. We've talked about the top eight guys who are most likely to hear their names called this weekend in the NFL draft and the one guy who's going to be leading this entire crew is the final guy we need to talk about today and that is the one, the only, Zach Wilson. Zach is apparently going to be the number two overall pick to the New York Jets. I am a very selfish San Francisco 49ers fan and still hopeful that the Jets try to bungle this, pick somebody else, and the Niners swoop in with a number three pick and pick Zach Wilson. But that appears that, yeah, that dream is dead and gone. I'm probably going to be stuck as a 49ers fan with Mac Jones. Don't start me on that. I am still upset about the thought of Mac Jones just because there seems to be many other options on the table. But This is not a 49ers podcast. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. He is going to have a great opportunity to become the face of a franchise with the New York Jets. Will that face of the franchise be just the latest failed project at quarterback there at the Meadowlands in New Jersey? Maybe so. But I believe that Zach Wilson has something to him that I think a lot of people are overlooking, and that is a massive chip on his shoulder, and he is driven to succeed. This is a young man. Many of you probably have heard these stories before, but if you haven't, I'm going to reiterate them. During his time at BYU, this is a guy who spent 
hours upon hours in the film room, outdoing many of his coaches in some ways with how much time he spent watching film. There are famous uh, quotes from coaches, uh, BYU staff, both public and private, that have been expressed to me saying that Zach would stay up till all hours of the evening, it seemed like. He'd find a play that he liked on film from a quarterback, let's say a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers in the NFL, even some guys at the collegiate level. He would text his coaches, and at the time it was Aaron Rodgers because the quarterback's coach, Jeff Grimes is the offensive coordinator, and would say to them, hey, I saw this play. You think we can work this into our lineup? And the coaches just marvel at his ability to digest information, to really see how it would fit within BYU's framework of their offense. It's just something that I think is going to benefit him as he goes to the NFL. Obviously, he's going to need a stellar offensive line, and that's something that's still coming along there in New York. It appears they have a very, very good left tackle in Mekhi Becton. But there's other four guys along that offensive line are going to have to give him time to operate. I do believe with the new staff taking over there in New York, a young head coach in Robert Sala, a very young offensive coordinator in Matt LaFleur, there is going to be a lot of opportunities for Zach Wilson to really go into the New York Jets, similar to his time at BYU, and build things from the ground up. That is one thing that I truly believe about Zach Wilson, is he's a guy who's not afraid of a rebuilding project because he's already been through one. If you guys will recall, he came to BYU and they were coming off a 4-9 season, they worst season in what 40 years he took the leap of faith came to BYU took over as a starting quarterback midway through his freshman year finished that year with a flourish had injury issues during his sophomore campaign and then goes out this past season and BYU was from 4-9 in 2017 to 11-1 and ranked number 11 in the final polls in 2020 absolutely incredible turnaround and it's a big part due to a guy like Zach Wilson coming in and believing that yes I can do this I think he is going to have a great opportunity to truly prove what he can do with New York and maybe he'll have a longer leash with New York than other quarterbacks have had that may be me just being myopic and not having a 30,000 foot view capable of seeing things not going well for Zach there in New York But this is a kid, folks, who is driven to succeed. He's got the arm that can make every throw at the NFL level. Is it the top of the top arms like a Brett Favre, currently a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes? Maybe not. Maybe not that strong, but plenty capable of making the throws required of him at the NFL level. Another thing that I think is being overlooked in all of this is his athleticism. There are people out there saying that, well, Justin Fields is an athletic marvel. So is Trey Lance. Folks, Zach Wilson ran for 10 touchdowns last year and showed plenty of ability to escape the pocket and pick up yards with his feet. That is something I think that is being completely overlooked about him in this entire process. He is plenty athletic. He is going to be able to pick up yards running the ball. If they want to run some spread options, some read option with him at the NFL level, it's not as prevalent as in the pro game as it is in the college game, but I truly believe that the Jets will be able to do that if that's what they want to do with a guy like Zach Wilson. He has got all the capability of being an elite player in the NFL. It's just a matter of getting the right guys around him. I believe that New York's got the right right picks. They've got the right personnel in place. It's just a matter of hitting on the picks that they have and letting Zach Wilson have the options available to him to succeed. 
I really think Zach is going to be a guy that is going to be able to handle things in New York. I know that it's a different type of uh, environment out there, especially due to the media and all of the, I guess, what do you say, the, the, the weight of expectation considering that Joe Namath truly is essentially the last big-time quarterback for the Jets. I know Chad Pennington had a run there, but who thinks of Chad Pennington as an all-timer in the NFL like Joe Namath? They, they, they don't. So Zach Wilson's got plenty of expectations waiting for him if and when he gets to New York. But I believe he truly has all the tools to succeed, and I'm looking forward to it. I am excited to see him playing for the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I'll be watching the gangrene more than I ever have in my entire life due to Zach Wilson. But man, it'll be fun. I'm just, I'm excited to see this young man go out and have his opportunity to do what he can do and show what he can do at the pro level. And I hope that everything goes according to how he envisions it's going. This is a kid that's one other thing I want to pass along before we go here is this is a kid who believes in himself. He wears that prove them wrong wristband. He is going to go out there and endeavor to really prove that, Hey, I can be a, the guy here at this level. I've seen a lot of people denigrating. We didn't play anybody during his time at BYU, especially in 2020. You know what? We all know that the pandemic it, uh, really caused issues for a lot of people. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't uh, both praise him on one hand and then denigrate him on the other with regards to the schedule. BYU did what they could do, and he played an extremely impressive season, and I am so excited to see what he does at the pro level, and I, I'm here for it, folks. I am looking forward to seeing Zach Wilson with the New York Jets, and just selfishly hopefully something happens and he ends up with the 49ers but we'll talk about that as it comes along but expecting to hear his name called early tomorrow night and he'll actually be the first player to cross the stage there in Cleveland as Trevor Lawrence has made it very clear he is not planning to attend the draft he's going to watch it from Clemson all right coming up here in just a minute we'll continue on with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown looking back at 1929 for BYU and a very significant achievement for this team in the second year of G Art Romney's tenure. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar, folks. They are the best tasting protein bars that you will have ever had. I can attest to it. I absolutely love Built Bars. They're incredible. The best part is they're incredibly healthy for you. They're soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate. They're perfect for the health conscious guy or gal, no matter what you're trying to do, whether it's lose or maintain weight, they're here to help you guys out. Over 20 different flavors available to you. Some of the ones that I really enjoy include lemon almond cheesecake i'm a big fan of peanut butter brownie but my all-time favorites are the fruit flavors raspberry orange and the goat of them all in my opinion are good friends with the cherry bar sia just absolutely incredible give them a shot folks go to builtbar.com use the promo code lock 15 while you're there to get 15 percent off your next order we love built bars i love built bars i believe that you will enjoy them too so go to builtbar.com place your order now once again use that promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your next order of the best tasting protein bars anywhere. All right, my friends, let's continue on now with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. Looking back at the 100 seasons, BYU is a program that played going all the way back to the 1890s. But today we're talking about 1929. And I know that 1929 is the unofficial, well, in October, the official start of what we like to call the Great Depression, the Black Friday, the meltdown of the stock market. Well, in 1929, football for BYU couldn't have gone better. This is the second year of G. Ott Rock 
Romney's tenure. They opened a new stadium in 1928, as we talked about on yesterday's podcast. Went 3-3-1 that year as Coach Romney took over as both the athletic director and head coach of the BYU football program. And as I mentioned yesterday, it pretended that 3-3-1 record, a little bit of an auspicious note, as it really began one of the better runs that BYU football had in their early history. We all know that from 1972 on, the Lavelle Edwards had an absolutely incredible run. But Coach Romney needs to be understood and a little bit more, I guess, widely known for what he accomplished with BYU. This is very much a bottom-rung program from the inception in 1922, officially according to BYU's records, where they struggled early on. But in 1929, BYU was a program broke through and absolutely had the season they'd been looking for for a long time. Overall, the Cougars went 5-3. and three. It was the first winning season in BYU football history. They had gone 500 two times before, as we mentioned, with both Coach Romney in 1928, and you go back to 1926, no, excuse me, 1925, they also went 3-3-1 under C.J. Hart's tenure as well as Eugene L. Roberts. But in 1929, the Cougars broke through, and according to Sports Reference, their college football website, that 5-3 and three record had BYU finally in the top half of college football as a program. They finished 49th out of 100 in SRCFB's rundown of the 100 teams playing that season. Their SRS was not great though, 79th out of 100 teams in college football. And their strength of schedule, 91st out of 100 teams. So BYU took advantage of a little bit of a soft schedule, but you know what? You celebrate winning seasons no matter when they come. We talked about this this past year for BYU. You can denigrate great the soft schedule all you want but you know what you have to beat the teams put in front of you and BYU went and put an 11-1 record on the table well they went 5-3 in 1929 and it was the first winning season in BYU football history and you got to tip your cap to this team they opened the season September 28th at Nevada out in Reno they won that game at 10-7 they actually have an attendance figure of greater than 4,000 were on hand at McKay Stadium as BYU won that it was the first win of the season they followed that up with back-to-back losses at uh, Cal, the Cal Aggies, which we now know as UC Davis. They were shut out 19 to nothing, so not a great showing there. Then Montana State, the former program that Coach Romney came to Provo from, trying to get a win over his former program. Well, it would have to wait a little while longer. They were narrowly defeated in Provo, 13 to 12 by the Bobcats. But then another significant achievement during this season took place after that. On o- o- October 18th, when they went to Ogden to play a neutral side game essentially against Utah State and that might be the start of the jokes about hey Utah State's in Ogden Yes, I know that's a long-running gag with BYU fans about Logan being Ogden and all that stuff, but they did play this game. It was played at Lauren Fair Park there in Ogden, Utah, and BYU had their first win over an in-state rival. Previously, they had tied the Aggies one time 0-0 as well as tying Utah 0-0, but they get their first win all-time over an in-state foe as they defeat Utah State 7-6 there in Ogden. A significant achievement that moved BYU to 2-2 on the season. They followed that up with three wins in their final four games, but the lone loss in there was the one that you would like to have most of all. BYU beat up on Western State 33-12, then played Utah in Salt Lake City and were 
trounced 45 to 13, but did bounce back with back-to-back wins over Colorado Teachers College, which I actually learned Colorado Teachers College eventually became Northern Colorado, which is a member of the Big Sky these days. But they beat uh, Colorado Teachers College 25 to 13 in Provo, and then finished the season with an absolute drubbing, 40 to nothing, shutting out the Wyoming Cowboys to finish with that five and three record. A major accomplishment for BYU. There can be no way to say that they didn't accomplish something this season because when you go out and beat a team like Utah State, who had been in, uh, just a thorn in your side on in-state games from your inception in 1922, if you recall, we, going back to that 1922 team, we talked about how both Utah and Utah State had precluded the Rocky Mountain Conference from allowing teams like BYU or BYU individually to use freshmen during their debut season, whereas teams like Wyoming had been allowed to do so, and that may be sour grapes on the part of myself, kind of stumping for BYU, but it appears that very much there were some hijinks at play in that regard. But for BYU to go out and capture this, to finish 5-3 and three on the season, they finished in the top half of the Rocky Mountain Conference, fifth overall, just behind Montana State, who they narrowly lost to. Utah did win the conference that year, once again, going 7-0 and under Ike Armstrong, 6-0 and in conference play. But BYU hung tough, and a major, major accomplishment for Coach Romney to get the first winning season in BYU history. It really, this run that Coach Romney had before he moved on to bigger and better things in the mid-1930s, we're going to talk about some of these seasons upcoming. It was the greatest run that BYU had until Lavelle Edwards showed up in many, many ways. We'll talk about that as we continue on with these countdowns of these seasons, but man... You, you have to imagine, if you were a BYU fan in these early days, 1922, you go out there, okay, we got a new football program. How are they going to look? And they stumble and just kind of struggle. They'd shown some promise in two different seasons, going 3-3-1. Three, three and one, running. When are they all ever going to break through? When are they going to finally put a winning team out on the field? Well, 1929 was that season. And it's always cool to see a team, yeah, they stumble out of the gate a little bit. They win their opener. That's great. You're feeling good. Then back-to-back losses, you're wondering, hey, if they're going to tip and really struggle once again as they've done in the past. But then they go out and finish the season with an overall flourish. Four of their five final games they win. Really, really cool. And a big congratulations to the 1929 BYU football program. They will always have that significance in this rundown as being the first team to have garnered a winning record in BYU football history. If you don't count the 1890s squads that we talked about that were members of the Brigham Young Academy system at that time. But nonetheless, really, really cool story, and I'm enjoying digging into these. If you guys haven't been following us on Instagram, by the way, make sure you do it. We're putting up some old pictures of these seasons, the key figures during these years of what they did for BYU. If you'd like to get more insight on that, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Just search out Locked On Cougars on Instagram. We love letting you guys kind of see what we're doing because it's a ton of fun to kind of dig through these. I've been finding a lot of stuff online from the Harold B. Lee Library, the special collections. The L. Tom Perry Special Collections Department has a lot of these photos they've put online. It's really, really cool to go out and be able to say, okay, that's a cool picture of this guy. That's a cool picture of that guy. And be able to let you guys see them on Instagram. So once again, follow the show on Instagram. You also can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the same handle, Locked 
Marathon Cougars and appreciate your guys' support of the podcast as always as we continue with the greatest seasons or the overall 100 seasons of BYU football. There's some great seasons, obviously, 1929 standing out among them as the first winning season for BYU in their football history. But we'll continue on. We'll break into the 1930s. What does the outroads or the outset of the Great Depression mean for BYU football? We'll get to that tomorrow. And like I said, this will be a summer-long topic as we continue to break down all of these seasons in BYU football. So stick with us. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball is well underway in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. This week, you have plenty of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on, as well as the Kentucky Derby as the first leg of the Triple Crown, triple crown excuse me, begins this weekend. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news. Sign up for their bonuses, including what we're going to talk about here momentarily, and find out about their latest contest information. That bonus we're talking about is a 50% welcome bonus. It's, it's courtesy of Bet Online. And what you need to do is go to betonline.ag, and when you make your first deposit, use the promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus. Yes, 50% of whatever you deposit added into your account for free, courtesy of Bet Online. Give them a shot, folks. Bet Online is your best resource for all your sports betting news. Take advantage of that offer now. BetOnline.ag, promo code LOCKED ON for that 50% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of our friends at Bet Online, as they are your online sports book experts. All right, friends, before we go here on a Wednesday, let's get you guys up to speed on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan today. Let's start off with the BYU basketball program. Uh, a lot going on, obviously, as they continue to kind of comb through the transfer portal and try and find some new additions for this BYU roster. I know there's been some consternation that BYU, the guys they've been reportedly in on that have had BYU as a final school for them, none of them have picked BYU so far, but I wouldn't necessarily worry about that as much considering that the transfer portal has got all kinds of talent in it. It's just got guys who are continuing to enter it seemingly daily. I have the belief that BYU will find good options for them and they will make sure they do their due diligence to make sure that they have the best options available to them as well. One such option is Mike Nuga, who is actually listed BYU along with UNLV and Wyoming as his three finalists as a potential transfer. He's a six foot two guard out of Kent State. He did tear his ACL. He's a few months out of that. He would be nine months out by the time the season begins. So in theory, he would be available once the season begins for BYU if he were to decide to if he were to decide to sign with the Cougars uh, vanquished the foe Robbie McCombs did a great job uh, catching up with Nuga to talk about that and he did confirm that BYU is among his final three this is a guy who was shooting at 50 who averaged 17.8 percent on 50, 17 oh excuse me 17.8 points on 50 percent shooting from the floor 38.5 percent from three and held the 80.6 percent from the free throw line as a senior. He also added 5.5 rebounds and 1.6 assists. This really looks like a combo guard who would pair nicely with a guy like, say, Alex Barcelo along BYU's guard line. Not necessarily the biggest guy. You'd probably have to have a little bit bigger guard to counter the size differential for a guy like Alex Barcelo, but Nuga apparently has got plenty of talent to him and be a fantastic addition if he decides that BYU is the right spot for him. He's not the only guy that BYU is after. Uh, three guys that I've been told that BYU very much is locked in on and hope 
hoping to land at least one of them is Isaiah Brockington, a grad transfer from Penn State. He's been out there. People have mentioned his name multiple times, as well as Jalen Coleman lands. He is coming uh, from the Iowa State University, so a Power 5 guy. Another guy to keep an eye on, as well as Taryn Todd from TCU. All of them combo guards, guys who can shoot it, are bigger guards, 6'4", 6'5", think bigger body types, who would be fantastic additions on the wing for BYU. I'm told the Cougars are in on all three of those guys, in addition to Mike Nuga here. And as I said, I'm not necessarily worried about BYU's ability to find talent in the transfer portal because they're guys that continue to jump in seemingly every other day or every single day, I guess is what I should say, because there's just so many guys in there. There are over a 1,000 guys in the portal right now. I know BYU is digging through and trying to find the right guys. And one other note before we move on to other topics is that everything I'm hearing right now indicates that both Alex Barcelo and Matt Harms are leaning towards coming back to BYU for one more year. Obviously, things could change in very quick order, but as of today, April 28, 2021, it is my belief that both Alex Barcelo and Matt Harms will be back on BYU squad next season, barring something unforeseen. Obviously, they're going to have professional opportunities, but in their in their best interest, they may think, you know what, let's go play another season for BYU and see if I can put up better stats, have a better showing, and maybe up my profile pro-wise. So it looks like both of them could be coming back, and that'd be fantastic to have both of them back on the roster next season. All right, two other notes before we go here on a Wednesday. Congratulations to the BYU baseball program. A huge win for them over then number 23 Arizona State, now number 26 Arizona State. BYU beats the Sun Devils 8-5 to there at Miller Park. A big, big win for BYU. They jumped out to a 4-0 lead in the first inning and never looked back, led the entire way with that 8-5 win. They are now 13-23 on the year, 6-9 in West Coast Conference play. The Cougars will host uh, St. Mary's this weekend in a three-game series Thursday through Saturday. The weather should be absolutely phenomenal here in Utah. So if you want to go watch some baseball action, get out to Miller Park. You can go to BYUtickets.com and get those tickets. They still have reduced capacity crowds, so tickets are going to be a little tougher to come by, but I would encourage you to take advantage of that. One sour note before we go, though, is a very tough loss for the BYU women's softball program. They lost and saw a 17-game streak, a winning streak, come to an end in an 8-1 loss at UVU. And I think head coach Gordon Eakin summed it up nicely in his release. Quote, we didn't show up and compete today. In this game, there is no room to show up late. We fell behind and were never able to turn the tide. Losing 8-1, to one, two four-run four innings for UVU. Led the Wolverines to the upset win. Obviously, they'll be celebrating that win considering they don't beat BYU very often. But a tough loss for BYU women's softball. Coach Eakin, obviously, in that statement, you could tell, was very unhappy about that. The Cougars now head to Los Angeles this weekend for a three-game set against the Loyola Marymount, trying to get back in to the winning side of the column. The Cougars are, are leading the conference. LMU is their top dog, top challenger, I guess I should say, in the West Coast Conference, sitting at 7-2 and two in league play. So a big series ahead for the BYU women's softball program. Hopefully they can bounce back in the right way this weekend. All right, that's going to do it for this Wednesday edition of the show. Hope you guys are having a great day whenever you hear this. A lot to get to as the week continues. Tomorrow, the NFL draft is here. Who could be guys that BYU hears their name? When do we expect them to hear their names? Predictions, all that fun stuff ahead of the 
kickoff of the draft with the first round tomorrow night. We'll get to all of that. And a reminder for you guys that tomorrow, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On's local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to get live coverage of all three days of the NFL Draft beginning tomorrow and running through Saturday. All right, have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 28th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys manana.